In the name of Jesus, amen. Uh, there's, a, there's a stretch of road not too far from here where, where people have joked that it's a, a dangerous place to be a chicken. Do you know the stretch of road I'm talking about? It's over on Emmett Street, 29. There's a Popeye's, a Zaxby's, a, uh, a KFC, and a Raising Cane's all uh, kind of jammed in next to one another. And I'm told that with uh, the old Burger King being turned into a Chick-fil-A, one of Barracks Road there, if you stretch it out a little, it's even, even more dangerous, a chicken danger zone, that part of, of Charlottesville. I don't know it's if you've heard that joke or not before. Well, uh, if you were to uh, go back in time a couple thousand years in your time machine and go 6,000 miles or so, mostly east, a little bit south, uh, people may have been joking uh, similarly not about uh, chickens, but about lambs and sheep. I'm talking about the area around the, the Jerusalem temple in, in Jerusalem in Jesus and John the Baptist day. It was, a, it was a sheep and lamb danger zone. Constantly sacrifices going on there around the Jerusalem temple. And many of those sacrifices, if not most, sheep and, and lambs. There were morning and evening sacrifices, a bunch of lambs. There were whole burnt offerings and, uh, and sin offerings and thank offerings more lambs. Uh, Mary and Joseph, uh, the day we celebrated a little while ago, when they took Jesus to the temple for the first time, if they'd had a little more cash on hand, instead of a pigeon that they sacrificed because they were poor, it would have been another lamb. Everyone who had a, a child was supposed to sacrifice a lamb. All over the place, bloody lambs, left and right, so much so, it's hard really to make heads or tails, even when you dive into the Old Testament, about exactly what all those lambs were, were for. And that's actually why I mention it today, that there were so many of them, and it was so confusing, because it made me think just what in the world everyone would have thought when this weird-looking guy dressed in camel hair, this odd duck, John the Baptist, sees Jesus, a person, walking towards him, points his long, bony finger and says, Behold, the Lamb of God. What in the world would have come to their minds? I mean, first they might have said a, a person. How can a person be a lamb? Even as was pointed out by one of the children's in the children's message, people aren't generally lambs. Or maybe if they had a little more of an imaginative bent to their themselves and, and had a little more uh, ease with metaphors, they would have thought, oh, maybe, maybe this is somehow linking this guy to the, I don't know, the Passover lamb? Or maybe one of those many, many sacrifices of lambs and sheep at the, at the temple. Maybe if they were a, a literary folk and really knew the text of the prophets, they would have said, perhaps this guy is, is somehow linked up with that, that sheep, that lamb led to the slaughter that, that bears iniquities that, I, that Isaiah went on and on about. But it's hard to tell. In fact, it's frankly uh, pretty confusing. You search the, the commentaries on this, and even super smart people today wonder what in the world, which specific lamb uh, John was, was talking about. So I'm guessing that most people, most people just walked on by. Maybe uh, pointed at uh, John and his, his odd clothes and, and gave a little snicker and just kept going. But there were a few, you see. There were a few who, who actually stopped. And the funny thing is that they didn't stop at the Lamb of God thing. They couldn't really make heads or tails of that at that point either. 
But there were a handful that stopped because their ears really perked up at that second part. They said the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. It's actually those two words, the takes away, that just, just grabs uh, a handful. I have it on good authority that there was, there was one guy there who stopped. He was the first. When he heard this takes away, um, he didn't sleep very well. In fact, he hadn't slept very well in, in quite some time. Um, he had the same thing on his mind when he woke up in the morning as when he went to bed at night. You wouldn't know it to look at him, but this guy, he uh, bore a heavy load. I don't know the details exactly, but I'm pretty sure he was in some branch of the the military at some time. And he'd seen the sort of action that no human being should ever have to see. He'd been really messy and he'd done things. And it stuck with him. His family, his friends said things like, come on, man, you just got to get over it. You're forgiven and move on. But he could not move on. And so when he heard this guy with the bony finger and odd clothes say, behold, the lamb who takes away, oh, he said, wouldn't that be spectacular? Wouldn't it be if it could just be taken away? All that stuff I think about constantly, if that sin, that past sin, whatever, could be taken away. There was another person who stopped. Um, I'm guessing she's about 50, uh, 50-something. And that uh, takeaway, the same words, really grabbed onto her. You see, she'd, she'd made some mistakes in her, her marriage. It had been like 20 years that she'd made these mistakes. Her husband um, said he'd, he'd forgiven her and, and, and kind of moved on, but ever since then, for like 20 years, this black cloud, this tension, just hung over their relationship. Maybe you know what that kind of thing is like, that a black cloud, a tension from something that happened before just hangs over it. And she heard take away, and she says, how many times have I prayed that that would just be taken away, the fruits, the symptoms, the stench of that sin, forgiven, fine, but just be taken away. So she stopped. Her husband stopped too, uh, a little bit of a different reason. He'd been walking a few steps ahead of her. That's what he usually did. That was kind of a, uh, an aspect of this tension between them. Um, he stopped. You see, uh, some time ago, in order to deal with the cloudy marriage and some other stuff, he had taken up drinking um, and it had become a problem. Now, now, thanks be to God, he'd, he'd, uh, he'd managed to uh, quit hitting the bottle, gone to some meetings and things of that sort, but what he hadn't quit doing was wanting to drink. In fact, it was a constant struggle. And he woke up every single morning saying, I know I'm not really drinking now, I'm sober for the most part, but what would it be like to not want to drink? What would it be like to have that messed up desire, that sin, to just be taken away finally? So he stopped to see what this guy was, was pointing at. There's a bunch more that stopped too. Uh, there's a bunch of guys that usually kind of hung together uh, at the, the look, the Lamb of God who takes away a bit. Um, these ones, other than other, uh, different from those other ones I, I mentioned, they were, they were pretty cool with themselves. This was a group of, uh, of people who, who once upon the t- time, uh, their own fault in many cases, all sorts of circumstances around it, they had fallen hard. And really, really blown it. And had gotten caught. But, praise the Lord, uh, maybe with the help of some chaplain, they had experienced the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus, and they were ready to move on. But the problem with these guys is that everyone else was not ready to move on. You see, their crimes were part of the public record. 
They'd served their time. Their, their sins were forever viewable, though still, on the court website to anyone with a computer. So sins never really taken away from the databases or from their job and apartment applications. Take away the sin? Oh, wouldn't that be spectacular? You can see why these guys stopped Look beyond the funny clothes and the odd lamb of God lingo. Is it really possible for my sin, for the scarlet letter I still wear, for the I know what you did looks, to really be taken away? Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Like I said, most people just kept on walking but there were a handful who stopped at that. In fact, maybe it was you who stopped and I who stopped. That's actually the purpose of all those little stories, those little scenarios I made up because I didn't really have to make them up because I know they are actually you and they are actually me with guilty consciences and clouded relationships and various addictions, and scarlet letters, all the results, all the lingering stench of sins. God, just take it away. And I didn't even pause to make up a person or persons to stand in for those of us who still suffer the results of sins committed against us. People who bear the scars and the wounds and the bruises of neglect and abuse. Stuff they never did at all, who they just wish, dear God, please take away all that stuff that still infests my heart and my mind and all my relationships. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away. You may have heard of those words. We sing them a whole bunch of times in the liturgy just about every week. And the Agnus Dei, they've done that for 1,500 years, been singing it. You may have heard those words, take away, and you've thought of them in, in various different ways, as I have. Uh, the takeaway as in God, you forgive sins, which he does. Thank you. That they're atoned for, which he does. Praise the Lord. Uh, answers for all those sins. Pays the price for all those sins. But for whatever reason, this week, in turning to those words which are so common, it was takes away. A word which literally means lift up and remove. And that's a different level of it, isn't it? It's a different level than just forgive. We know all that stuff, but would that the Lord would just take away. And probably the reason that that dawned on me and maybe uh, pokes you a little bit too is because I think that below all the forgiveness and atonement and paid the price and answered for, what we all desire even beyond that is the Lord would just take away the sin, the guilt, the clouds, the wrong desires, the databases, the looks, the bruises, the scars. And so still the prayer, Lord, would you just take it away? Just remove it. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. We get that a couple times in the lesson, actually. And I think that's even John and the Holy Spirit's, John the writer of the gospel, in the Holy Spirit's way of trying to uh, maybe give us the idea that this is kind of the thing that John the Baptist did wherever he showed up. That he was just walking around, eating his locusts, baptizing people here and there in his, in his camel skin. And whenever Jesus would show up, he'd stop and say, look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. The next time, look again, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. Keep on looking. 
Like I said, when we sing that, that song in our liturgy, which Christians have been singing for like a millennia and a half, we always seem to sing it over and over, Lamb of God who takes away, Lamb of God who takes away, Lamb of God who takes away. And I wonder if there's not something in that, John the Baptist pointing over and over in the way we sing, sing the Lamb of God take away over and over. If there's not something in a key to this, this longing that that sin, the fruits, the stench, the, the residue of it be, be taken away. That that repetitiveness, maybe it says something that it takes time. I really wish that were not the case. And I think you do too. I mean, I rejoice with you as much and more than any of you that the forgiveness of our God, that the grace of our God, that the embrace of our God, that the welcome of our God is done once and for all, undoable, as undoable as are the death and resurrection of Jesus, undoable. Your sins are forgiven. You are Christ now and forevermore. And that's once and for all. But this taking away business, It takes some time, doesn't it? And I wish just about every day, for me and for you, that it wouldn't take so much time, that it could just be taken away once and for all, but for some reason, God and his wisdom, which is beyond us, he doesn't take it away all at once. But his promise is to take it away. In fact, if I was the one translating the Greek of the New Testament, instead of saying the Lamb of God who takes away, I'd translate it the Lamb of God who is taking away the sin. For that is his promise for you and me. That, that man I mentioned, that ex-soldier, haven't been able to, uh, to keep up with him uh, probably as, as much as I should, but I've heard that um, he does not always wake up and fall asleep with quite so heavy a burden anymore. For he's been listening to John and he's looked at the Lamb. He's looked and he's been captivated by this picture of Jesus who loves the lousiest at their most lousy, who gives himself for them completely. And now he's a little more able to leave his past behind him. That 50-something woman I mentioned too, I've heard that things are not perfect with her and her husband. Clouds are still there, but once in a while they are pierced with these beams of hope. With these hopeful beams, especially as she sits next to her husband on a Sunday morning and they hear one another pray the same prayer, Father, forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. Her husband, he's mostly sober now, still goes to the meetings and things like that. Um, But still, on as many days as not, he still wants to drink. But looking at the lamb, he sees forgiveness for every fall off the wagon and a great strength for every day. The meetings he goes to, he is comfortable with identifying as, Hi, I'm John, and I'm an alcoholic. But what joy it gives him to show up at a place like this on a Sunday morning and to sing, knowing that here he is known as nothing but a friend of the Lamb. And finally, there's other ones I mentioned. Speaking of church, all those folks with the scarlet records and the public records, Still a pain to have to deal with that past. But how they rejoice to be in a place like this, where scarlet letters have been washed white, where courthouse databases be damned, we exalt to know that our names are written even more indelibly in the book of the Lamb. Behold the Lamb of God who is taking away the sin of the world.
the Lamb of God, who is taking away the sin of the world. He is now, and he will continue to take away the sin of the world, to take away yours and mine, until finally one day when he takes it all away, and he takes you to himself. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.